podcast for curious minds. And here is your host, Gary Cachulio. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of A List of Demonic Names, A Pocket Guide for the Paranormal Investigator. Also, Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great. And Joseph Simkov, author of How to Kiss the Universe. And monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And this episode is being sponsored by tarotbyginger.com. And you can find her at www.tarotbyginger.com. And I highly recommend her. Uh, If you are looking to make some major decisions in your life, it is always good to know what energies and forces might be surrounding that decision to help you along the path. So definitely check her out at tarotbyginger.com. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Dean Braxton. I met him while I was in Whitehall, New York at a Bigfoot festival. And he had given me a copy of his book and is a topic that I cover quite often on this show, which is near-death experience. And his book is called In Heaven. Thank you for coming on today. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so your story is definitely unique from some of my other guests have. And um, I'd love to hear about, you know, your, how you, you know, became a member of the non-living and yeah. then rejoined the living. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can tell you what happened was that um, I had a kidney stone that got stuck on the right side of my, uh, you know, that area where you're supposed to, uh, urine. <laughs> Let's put mm-hmm. it that way. And, uh, it caused a kidney infection. And, um, you know, they did everything they were supposed to. I went and ended up in the emergency room, ended up with a urologist and they, they did everything they were supposed to do in the sense of making sure that, um, the kidney would be able to be passed. Number one, number two, that the infection would be taken care of. And so they, they, when I went to the emergency room, they decided they would keep me overnight in that hospital, St. Francis Hospital in Federway, Washington State. I have to say that because on the East Coast, we always think of Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. but it, I lived in Washington State at the time. And they, um, you know, said, okay, tomorrow morning, it was, this was like a, a Thursday morning, and, and said, okay, on Friday, um, we'll have, they must have had a mobile machine that goes from the hospitals to hospitals in that area. Um, for situations like myself. Um, and so, um, that machine just happened to be coming to that hospital the next day. So they wanted to keep me over, gave me antibiotics to take care of the kidney infection. And they thought everything would be fine. And the next morning went, had the, uh, procedure to break the stones up by, you know, no one knew this, but the, um, antibiotics that they gave me did not work on me. I was that one person, as the doctor said, I one percent of one percent of one of the uh, persons that would reject, um, you know, the medication, and and it didn't work on me. So I had that infection inside of me. So when they blasted the stones or broke them up so I could pass them, what they really did was like break a dam down with a whole bunch of poison behind it, and the next thing you know, it's gone through my body, and it took about three hours. Um, they go through my body until my, my lungs stop operating and I, and I died. And according to the medical records, it was one hour and 45 minutes that I didn't have any blood or oxygen going through this body. Um, I was what you call clinically dead. And that's what, that's how I died. You know, <laughs> you know, it wasn't something planned. It was no hor- horrendous like, uh, accident or being ran over by a car. I had a little kidney stone and, you know, the poison came into my body, and, you know, you probably know this. They called it septic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I work in a medical field. Yes. So so while you, while you were gone, what happened? Well, you know, I left my body, uh, and, and, I, and I, you know how everyone's always saying, you see that light at the end of the tunnel? Right, you know, I didn't. You probably I, heard, you, you, you know, 
I saw the light, it, uh -huh. and, I, and I always think it didn't look like a, just a light at the end of the tunnel. It looked like a window to me, and I was headed toward that window. I I believe that was heaven, right. you know, that I was headed into. I wanted to be with God Almighty and, and Jesus Christ, and so I believe they were there. And so when I was leaving my body and heading in that direction, awful fast, really, really fast, uh, faster than you can blink, I got there. I didn't know it would be that fast. I thought it would be a, a longer trip. I thought I... I would be able to um, uh, really tell people that, yeah, I got there. That's about it. But, man, it was fast. But the thing that really got me is I could comprehend everything. It wasn't like, you know, you go past something and you don't see it. Mm -hmm. I could literally comprehend everything I went by. I remember leaving the hospital room. I remember leaving uh, the blue skies, the clouds. I remember going through the universe. I remember entering into a place that was so dark except for that light ahead of me, you know, and, and heading toward that light. I remember also that something that was really interesting, there were other lights that were passing me by. They weren't other uh, beings like myself that were saying, they were prayers. And I didn't know prayers had substance. You know, mm -hmm. I, I thought it was just kind of like me talking to you now, air just coming out. But I didn't know that really our prayers to God Almighty uh, literally have substance to them. And they were passing me by faster than I was moving. And like I said earlier, to me, the fastest way for me to describe it was like a blink of an eye, you know, and I was there. And I remember when I went in, the first thing that hit me, oh, man, everything was right. There was nothing wrong. Some people say peaceful. To me, it was past peace. Right. And the main reason I say that is because there was nothing to be peaceful from. And <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. What really got me is I fit. I, mm -hmm. I I don't know a better word of describing it. I wasn't out of place. I wasn't like, oh, I shouldn't be here. It was like I was supposed to be there. I fit. And what I mean by that, you know, like everything about me, like, was thinking, man, this is where we need to be, you know. <laughs> and, and so that's what happened to enter in it. And, and that's what really got me was that first initial coming in and feeling everything's right, there's nothing wrong, and I fit. Hmm. It's very similar. When I had mine, too, I mean, I didn't have a light, but I was in the, all my feelings that you're, you're describing were exactly the same. There was nothing to be worried about. So it was like, it was like an extreme, it was like serenity. Yes. Without yes. it being serene because there's nothing to have there's no outside factors where it's yeah. really int it's very difficult to put into words it is it and in uh, a feeling of fit fitting you know it's like being back with with one with the universe for me mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um yeah it definitely felt the same for me also yeah for me it for me it's just like i was in the right place mm -hmm. you know i wasn't out of place and everything there that that was alive and everything there was alive welcome me that was the other thing i felt so welcome you know there's people i come in contact with now even though i, I travel throughout the whole united states and mm -hmm. and share this all over the place and even the world and there are certain people i can go sometimes it's like i always knew them they were they were always somebody i knew because of how they welcomed me so much into their lives and that was that was everything there it wasn't one person or two people everything there Every, all of the creation there, the trees, the flowers, um, the grass, the, the, the water, uh, you name it, the atmosphere, all of it welcomed me there, plus the well, angels and also the people there. They just all welcomed me there. And it wasn't they said, oh, welcome, you're in. I just felt it. Hmm. I just experienced it, and I really felt it. And that was one of the things that really just was really, uh, to this day, being back on the planet, as I call it, <laughs> It's a whole different issue when it comes to people welcoming you. Not everybody welcomes you, and you can feel it, you know. Mm -hmm. But there, everything was glad I was there. So what happened while you were there? Like, I, I know there's a part of your story, too, where you, you say that you've met Jesus. Yes, yes. One of the things that was really uh, desirable inside of me was to meet Jesus. Uh, I, I, don't, I can't tell you that was my desire beforehand. Um, in the sense I was a Christian, believed in God, you know, those type of things. But I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know when I left my body how much I would want to be where he is. 
I didn't know that at all. So when I got there, I, even though everything was peaceful or past peace, everything was right, everybody, everything there welcomed me, I wanted to see him. And I knew where he was. There was a forest before me, a bunch of trees before mm -hmm. me. And as I was going to these trees, literally they opened up for me. Yeah, I know that sounds kind of far-fetched out there, even far-fetched for my mind. I didn't think that way beforehand. <laughs> a lot of times, you know how it is. Mm -hmm. You didn't think that way. All of a sudden, you're experiencing something yeah. that you didn't even think was existing. And I'm existing, I'm, well, better yet, I'm seeing these trees open before me, and I'm following this path through this forest, and it's a beautiful forest, flowers, trees, everything you can imagine, lots of animals, and I'm going through this forest, and then I come out, and, and, and before me is Jesus, and he's maybe about 100 yards away when I come out. And, and he's really to the left of me, I say about uh, 10 or 11 o'clock on the left side of me. Mm -hmm. So when I came out, he wasn't right in front of me. He was, so I had to turn and go in there. But it was a meadow be he was in. And in that meadow was all these other beings, some angels, some people that have been on the planet and went to heaven. And he was, he was talking to them. And they were in like a half circle um, diagram. It wasn't a, a, like a bunch of them gathered together in one group. They were all kind of facing him in a half circle. And he was talking to them. And I went over to him. I couldn't say I ran over to him, but I got over there really fast. Okay. And when I saw him, the first thing I did is I go down on my hands and knees. I just went down on the ground. Like, you know, you're showing respect mm -hmm. to somebody. I just felt like I, I was so grateful for what he had done. And so I went down on my hands and knees and, the, and, and I said, you did this for me. And the next thing I said was, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, I just wanted to thank him so much to the point that my entire being, everything that I was there, wanted to thank him. And I always tell people, boy, I would have shut up with my mouth for saying thank you. It's like my hand would have kept on going, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, you know. So so it was that type of experience when I first um, met him. And then people always ask me, well, did he hug you? Did he look at you? And I'm thinking everything about him hugged me. Everything about him loved me. Mm -hmm. You know, there wasn't nothing that I looked at on his entire being that didn't love me. And I first saw his feet. And, and, and to this day, it still gets me when I say his feet love me. You know, people say, Oh, how could that? I don't know. All I know is I experienced the fullness of the love of God coming through the feet of Jesus. You know, if I didn't see another part of his being, if I never saw his face or his body, I was satisfied, you know, but I still did start looking up his being. And as I looked up his being or his body, nothing that I looked at didn't love me. It all loved me. And it was so amazing to see that love come off of him without him looking even in his face. Most of us, you know, you know how it is. You got to look in the face of somebody to see if they love you or not. Right. I didn't have to look at his face to see if he loved me. He loved me. And I knew it, you know. And you know what was so cool about it? He just didn't love me just because love of me. He loved me. In such a way, like I felt like I was the only one he loved. I knew he loved others, but the love that he had coming off of him for me was like I was the only one he loved. I felt like somehow him and God went out and, and, and created love for me that nobody else could receive. And it was just my love. It was like it was tailor made just for me. And then I just, I believe now that people, whether they realize it or not, God loves them. Not like with a blanket love, like we all jump in the same pool of water and we're swimming around. Mm -hmm. But each one of us got our own pool <laughs> of water. And it's made for us to swim in. And it's, and that's the love that I was experiencing. Wow, that's incredible. Did you, did, he, did you receive any type of message from Jesus to bring back here? You know, there was lots of uh, communication between me and him. Um, there, there were not words spoken like I'm speaking to you right mm -hmm. now. I would look at him and he would, I call it downloading like a computer, you know, downloading information inside of me. Um, very, it wasn't a conversational um, time, say like uh, me and you are talking now. I only had a small conversation with him. And that was when I really realized how much he loved people. And then I said to him, you really do want everybody there. You know, that was the conversation I had because I, I had always said that. I, I said I believed it, but I saw it finally. And when I saw that he wanted everybody there, 
it really, really, really has hit me hard that God wants everybody there to the point I even tell people, you know why you were created? And some people say, I was created for this reason. I said, because God just wants to be with you forever. You know, that's simple. And some people think, whoa, what do you mean by that he created you so that you could be with him? You know, and I would say he chose you. He just wants you to choose him. Sometimes be, what do you mean? He just wants you to choose him, you know? So I tell people that quite often, but it was really something to see that love. And and then Jesus would communicate with me, would be like download and download and download. Um, some things he, he just he just talked to me like I'm talking to you uh, in the conversation piece. Some things were explaining things that I have read in the Bible that I didn't, you know, fully understand. And and it was like, oh, I didn't see it that way. But that's the way. It is, you know? So some things some things were uh, at that time was the future. Hmm. You know, uh, uh, he told me I thought it was interesting. I He told me about the 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 United States and. Some of the things that would happen in the political aspect of things, I don't really talk a lot about it. But, you know, this is this is before um, uh, President Barack Obama was president. And I, and he told me that Barack Obama would be president. This man was this is before he announced it. This is before anybody ever thought he would run for it. You know, he told me um, to to that this man. I didn't even know who Barack Obama was. Mm -hmm. I had to come back and look it up online. <laughs> you know? And so, so he told me certain things. He told me that the, the president election just before, after that one, that it would be a man that, that no one thought would win. And I thought it was either Bernie Sanders or, or Trump, to be honest with you, because either one of those, both people had rode off and said they ain't going to win nothing. But he had told me that. He told me the last president election would be unprecedented. And it was, it was out of the ordinary. And I'll be honest with you, anybody can listen to me. He said the next one's even going to be more unprecedented. He didn't say who was going to win, what was going to happen. It was just going to be out there like we've never seen it before. And I usually don't talk about this because I don't want people to come to me and try mm -hmm. to get me to tell them the future. Yeah. You know, I, I, my, I figure one of my major goals is to get people to know God and so they can go to heaven. That is one of my major goals. I just want people to go. That's all, you know. And so I really spent a lot of time traveling throughout the United States and around the world sharing this. Because, you know, Gary, this is one of the few ones that had all the documentation. You know, you probably saw in the book, we put the medical records in there, mm -hmm. and, it's, and, it, and it's raw. <laughs> I always tell people, I didn't have anybody come and say, put this in there, put this in there. Matter of fact, no medical person at the time wanted to even get close to, to looking at our records because of the mistake that the medical people uh, had made. And they thought we were getting all the information so that we could sue people. And they didn't want to be a part of no litigation. So I couldn't get anybody at the beginning to even look at the uh, medical records because they didn't want to be a part of that. We just wanted the information to show people that, you know, you could be, you could have this situation and God could heal you from it. That was the main thing that we were looking for. So I just put them in there and you probably looked at them. Uh, and you could see the man died. You know, it was funny because at that Sasquatch festival, mm -hmm. uh, I probably met more medical people, people in the medical field at that Sasquatch festival. And I would open up to chapter 10 and I would show them and they would always say, man, you died. And then they would tell me things that I was going through. And I'm thinking, I didn't know I was going through that because <laughs> they understood the medical aspect right. of things. And so, so, you know, I'm one of the, one of the few people out there that have the documentation, there's a there's a, a video out there. You can go and look it up, Dean Braxton 700, and you get, you'll hear the doctor, the actual doctor that was in the room. I always tell people he wasn't the one that, that caused the issue. He was the one that was brought in to clean up the mess. And so um, his name is Dr. Rigge. At one time, he was rated in the top 10 doctors in the state of Washington, and he was rated as the number one patient care doctor. Uh, and so his credentials are very solid. And he makes a statement in that video. The man was really, really dead for a long time. That's what he says. You know? And I always say, I didn't know you could be really, really dead. I just thought you died and that's it. Right. You know, and because of that, people ask me to come all over the place. And I probably have uh, been to most area, most places. Most people don't even think, you know, I always think I, I, I've gone to the, the, the two people. 
to two groups I think are kind of out there that people would. I gone to the Rotary Club and spoke mm-hmm. at Rotary Club events, and then I've gone to in the in the religious area of faith. I've gone to the Amish, you know, the, the people with the yeah. horses, and, and they've asked me to come and speak at their events. So those are way out there. There's others out there that I've done, but those are the ones I think people say, well, that's unique in itself. But because of the documentation and the doctor, people ask me to come and talk about it because you know this, everybody's going to die sooner or later. They are. They're going to they're going to leave their bodies. And people want to know, you know that because you're doing this program. People want to know what it's going to be like. Right. And that's one of the things that I have learned through having my own experience with it and interviewing so many people. Um, death is not something to be afraid of. Is one, you know, we don't have to live our lives being afraid of dying and hiding from that truth. And also, you know, I think in our society too, we tend to look away from death, try to, you know, because it's painful for us, but we tend to look away from it, like act like people are not getting sick and dying or whatever. And I think dying is just as important as being born. And Mm -hmm. it should be looked at that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things, one of the books I wrote, I didn't bring it, and you haven't seen it, it's called What It Feels Like to Die. And I tell people what I went through during that moment. But one of the things I try to get people to understand is why we grieve. And I think you can bear witness with this. Mm -hmm. The five senses that we have, we were meant to experience that with each other forever. You know, to be able to see each other, to be able to hear each other, to be able to embrace or feel each other to be able to smell each other and taste each other. And when that's disconnected or broken off, we grieve over that, you know? So I try to get people to understand it's okay to grieve because we were never meant to be separated, you know? That's something that comes, uh, you know, that happens to us. But the reality of it, we were supposed to experience that forever with each other, you know? And I think it really hit home when my dad left the planet, as I always say, I never say they die. I always say they just leave the planet. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know, you really, it's your body that dies. You don't die. Yeah, no, consciousness so, keeps going. Yeah, you, 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 yeah, you keep going. So I tell, I, t- I remember my mom saying that when she she lost my dad and they had been married fifty some odd years, she said she'd go to his room and just try to smell his clothes to see if he could, she could smell him again. And I don't think people realize that. We all have a smell and, 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 and it's something that we were supposed to experience between each other forever. We think sometimes smell is like a bad smell, but we all have a aroma around us that's really a good aroma. And I know that because after COVID, uh, was, uh, we got to see our grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And I remember my granddaughter come running up to me, Gary, and saying, this is what she said. She said, I love the smell of grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't think about it. You know what I'm talking about? I really never thought about it. But she knew she knew our smell, and it was a pleasant smell for her. You know what I mean? And so, so I, it, but we were never meant to, to have those things separated. Mm-hmm. So when we lose somebody, like when I lost my dad, you know, and my, my mother-in-law, I loved her dearly. I missed them from that point of view, even though I know that like you, not to be afraid of death, but I'm still going to miss them. You understand what I mean? I, yeah. I can't see them like I did. I can't even hear their voices like I did before. And and it's it's really great to 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 know someday I will be with them forever, and it won't happen again. I will never separate from them again. Hmm. What while you were so what uh, did Jesus have any specific message or task for you? You know, that's a good, um, good, uh, uh, um, question. You know, I, I always tell people I didn't have anything specific to saying that he said, oh, I'm sending you back mm-hmm. and you're going to do this. I'm sending you back and you're going to do this. Uh, you know, in my heart, if, if there was something downloaded, it was that, that I, I always cared for people. You probably read, you know, I worked in the juvenile justice system. I love kids. You know, I used to always say to people, I would do this until the day I died, and then I died. You know? <laughs> but the reality of it is that I came back probably with a more intensive of love for people than I ever had before. And maybe because I saw in his eyes how much he loved people. 
I remember looking in his eyes and, and seeing the love for me and thinking, man, this love looks like it would outlast me, even though I know I'm an eternal being and I'll live forever. But it looked like it would outlast me. But then when I thought about somebody else, this is what really got me. When I thought about someone else, all of a sudden I would see the love in his eyes like he only loved them. Every It wasn't like he just knew my thoughts. And when I thought about somebody else, I, so I came back with this idea of, man, I got to tell as many people about Jesus and how to get to heaven as possible because I want them all there. There's not a person on this planet, you know, that I don't want to be there. And the other thing that happened was my family came to greet me in. All my family in heaven came to greet me in. And when I was being told, no, it's not your time, go back. My grandmother Mary there looked at me and said, bring as many of us back with you as you can. So there's a there's a drive inside of me to reach as many of my family members as possible, but to reach other people's family members, too, because I know that's their desire. They want as many of their people of their family to be with them forever. Is that good news? It's fantastic. If um, Jesus wants everybody to be able to join him in heaven, mm-hmm. how is it that some people do not end up in heaven and where do they go? You know, some people, I always tell people, and maybe some people say, I, I always say, he has chosen you, he just wants you to choose him. And that's simple. You know, we make it more difficult. We put a lot of requirements on it. We put a lot of strings to it. But he just wants you to choose him. That's what I tell people. And I don't believe no one that is not there has not chosen not to be there. Whereas some people may say, no, this and that. I said, no, I really believe that God Almighty, Jesus comes to them and gives them an opportunity to choose him all the way up to their last breath. And the people that don't choose him know what they're doing. It's not people unconscious. I don't know what I'm doing. I really believe he gives them the opportunity, being God, to choose him and to know what their choice is. And I know some of us say, why wouldn't everybody choose that? Lots of people don't choose a lot of things that are good for them. They choose what they want to choose, even though they know it's not even good for them. And I'm not talking about mentally ill people that have something wrong with their brain. You know what I mean? Or somebody... Sometimes people bring up, what about those that kill themselves? I say, you know, most people, I'm not saying all, most people that that kill themselves, they have a a, a mental problem. And God has grace on that. I know some people don't want to hear that, but but the reality, God has grace on a whole lot of things that we don't think he has grace on, you know? And, 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 And so, but the reality of is consciously, you're, you're intelligent, you're going to choose what you want to do, you know, and I don't think people just accidentally end in a place. I really believe really strongly in my heart, and I'm not looking at it from my point of view. I'm looking at it from his point of view because I know he wants everybody there. He just wants people to choose it. You know, I always say he's chosen you. He just wants you to choose him. Do you think there's a hell where people go that do not choose him? There is. There is a hell. I don't think it's, it's similar to what we think it is in a lot of ways. You know, um, I, I think the worst thing about hell, most people think about fire and, and burning. I think the worst thing about hell would be loneliness, to be alone, to feel alone. And the reason I say that, because in heaven, I didn't feel alone. I was feeling a part of everything there, and everything was feeling a part of me. I was not alone. I wasn't crowded. I wasn't overwhelmed by it. I was knew I was uh, not alone. And I was thinking, what would be worse, you know, to feel like you're always alone? And I work with a lot of people. I've worked with a lot of people in the past. The one thing that was the most detrimental is feeling alone. You know, you probably have thought it. Uh, depression is when people feel alone. Yeah, yeah. It's not when they feel joy. It's when they're feeling alone. And I know people think hell burning and Nash. And I'm not saying that that might not be there. But I think the worst thing of all is loneliness. Wow. Hmm. Do you think that people, like once a person makes that decision and ends up in a place like hell, do you think there's still any chance of them redeeming and being able to choose Jesus and go to heaven? Or do you think you know, it's for eternity? The, yeah. One of the things that really got me in, in is that one of the times, I, I've told three times to to. To, is no, it's not your time. Go back. And all three times I obeyed, 
But I got to the point the first two times when I got to what I call the edge of heaven. And that, I don't know how to describe it. It really wasn't like black on one side and white on the other side. Mm-hmm. I just knew I took one more step and I wouldn't be in that area. And so one time I got to that point and I got ready to leave and I kind of leaned over and I could hear the cries of which we call hell, you know. And what surprised me more than anything else, it wasn't people asking for mercy. It was people that were crying out and cursing God. They were so angry. They were cursing him. And I thought, I thought, wow, I would be asking for mercy. You know, I would be asking, please, you know, change your mind on this. So I got from that, those people don't want to be there. I know some of us will say, how could that be? Well, there's some people that don't want, they just don't want that. You know, they, I don't know why. I can't tell you why. I don't have that feeling. But I don't, I just don't know. And I know it's hard for someone to say right now, Dean, how could that be? Someone don't want that. I know a lot of people that don't want good. They want bad, you know, for whatever reason. I'm not them, so I can't go into it and, 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 you know, try to figure it out. I, I, I met a lot of people that are, are angry for a lot of reasons and mad for a lot of reasons. And some people hate people. They just hate people. You know, when I used to work with those kids and, mm-hmm. and I would see some of the, damage some adult did to them be and you i would always say how could a human being do this to a person hmm. that was just me you know somebody else may say i know how but for me it was like, always shocking interesting but one of the things that that i've also come across doing all these interviews on this type of experience is a lot of my guests seem to think that the death experience is catered to what a person believes Mm-hmm. So if a person believes, you know, in Jesus and Christianity, that's what they're going to experience at the mo- at at their death, because that's what's going to make it the easiest way for them to transition, you know, into the next mm-hmm. whatever it is, energy or field or whatever frequency that we're traveling into. Uh, like for if you're a Muslim, you might meet Allah, or if you're, um. Jewish, maybe like Moses or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do you agree with that? Or do you think that it's just um, only Jesus? Well, for me, it's only Jesus. I got to say that. I can't tell you about the Muslims and things like that. I have to tell you the truth I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what I know as truth. I can't guess on the other side because it's too important. If If I'm guessing... And, and, and I'm wrong, then I'm in trouble. But if I'm telling you what I know as the truth and it's right, mm-hmm. then it helps somebody. And I can't tell you about the Muslims. I can't tell you about the other people, but I can tell you what I experienced and what I saw. I just remember when I got there, Jesus looked at me, saw himself on the inside of me and I was in. I'm trying to make it as simple as possible because it is. And sometimes we make it difficult. You know, we got to all the other hoops that we got to jump through. The, and I'm trying to, you know, I try to tell people when Jesus looked at me, he looked at me like I never, ever, 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 ever disobeyed him, you know. And and, and someone said, well, how could that be? Because he said, if, I, if you ask me to forgive you, I'll forgive you and forget it. And it's like, okay, now tell me what's difficult about all this. You know what I'm saying? And 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 sometimes, well, I don't believe that way. Well, okay, but I'm just telling you how simple it really is. It's not as it's not as complicated as we want it to be. Is that that makes sense to you? You know, and so I try to do that, but I don't know about the others. I just got to tell you the truth. I know, you know. I felt like when I was there, there was a time when he showed me a river, and in that river, it was that river was kind of like representing life. People were floating in the river. And the river sooner or later was going to go to a waterfall. And that every, every, that waterfall was like the end of the age or end of time. And he said to me, uh, that's going to happen. Sooner or later, that's going to happen. He said, pull as many other people out of there as you can. So I always see my life as pulling people out of going down that water to a place where things are just going to fall apart and, and it's just going to happen. Somebody else may say, well, I don't believe that. That's okay. I have to go by the truth because I know. <coughs> And I don't think that truth was really um, 
motive before I left the planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could say I was a Christian. Yeah, I went to church. Um, but when I got there, many of the quote unquote boxes I had built for God were blown apart. They were not in the structure that I thought they were in, you know? Uh, and so my belief system are, are changed from believing to saying, this is what I experienced. This is what I saw. You know what I'm talking about, you know? And, and it's hard to now change that experience or that what I saw and go say, I believe this right. because the reality of it is it's not believing to me. It's reality. Mm -hmm. So why do you think God created us and created us imperfect with free will? Well, this is what I, what I know in a sense. I, when I was there, remember I told you he created us so that we could be with him forever. He really wants us to be with him. And, and, but the free will, the choices, it's like anybody. You know, I have a wife and I want her to really do things because she wants to do them for me, not because she has to do them. And that choice is hers. You know, I even, I even experience more, um, uh, joy when she does it because she wants to do it instead of has to do it. And I believe that God really made us and part of that, uh, criteria of love is free free choice to choose what we want to choose i really believe he will do everything he can um to have people choose him uh, and and i really believe a lot of people do choose him even if it's in the last moment of their life you know sometimes people don't think well i didn't see it well it doesn't matter if you see it it matters if he sees it that's who the one that needs to see it so i really believe that a lot more people make that choice the ones that don't make that choice don't want to make a choice they they choose something different and that's just the way it is so i think that love is part of his way of, of giving us free choice to right. choose uh, and so but when he comes down why did he create us i really believe he created us just to be with him hmm. just to be with him you know so that but would, he wants to choose that would it. mean he was lonely i don't know in the sense of lonely. i, I wonder like, like, like i'm thinking about like what you're saying you know because you described hell, too, as like this loneliness. So I yes. wonder if there was some type of entity that was experiencing loneliness, what we think is we call hell. Mm -hmm. So he starts creating other beings. And maybe at first he thinks like, okay, I'll create them and they'll all love me. But then he realizes that's not going to be satisfying because they're just, I'm creating them to do that. So he gives them free will so they can choose him. Mm -hmm. So that way he would not feel lonely. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't have that experience to say it was loneliness or not loneliness. You know what I mean? I can only tell you that I really believe that he he created us because he just wants to be with us. Yeah. You know, the the justification of why or reasoning, I don't know. That's I don't know why people have kids. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, some, some, yeah, some, some have kids because they're lonely. Some have kids because they accidentally come. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, uh, I, I can say personally, I, I've got six kids. Uh, I never planned any of my kids. <laughs> I, I was, I was glad when they were cre, you know, when they were created. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. You know, and when they were birthed, I was glad, but I, I I can't go back in my head and say, I planned that one. We planned it. Some people do, but I was not one of those that planned those six kids. Okay. Maybe have a seventh one on the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell my wife that now. <laughs> Maybe a seventh child and no wife, probably. That's what it is. <laughs> but the real. But the reality of it is, um, I am, I enjoy my children and I'm glad they're born. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I, I always said to them when they were smaller, I am so glad you're born, you know, and, but, but that was to put inside of them a self worth from an essence of you were created or you were born and, the, and there was no agenda behind it. You understand what yeah, I mean? That's beautiful. And I did, and I did that on purpose mm -hmm. because I just wanted to, and even my grandchildren, I got grandchildren now. Uh, I was talking to my grandson the other day and I said, his name is JJ. I said, JJ, you know, you know what? And he said, yeah, grandpa, you're glad I'm born. 
<laughs> but I, I am doing it on purpose so that they have that self-worth on the inside. So if they lose everything, there's that, that, that there was, there was worth that they were born. You know what I mean? So I do that on purpose. So, but I can't tell you about the other things. Right. Because you had this experience with Jesus, do you think that makes everything in the Bible true? You know, for me, uh, when I look at things in the Bible, I understand them better. You know what I mean? And so when I understand them better, that means it will come true in that sense. Uh, I don't know everything in the Bible. I haven't read everything. Well, I've read it, but that doesn't mean I comprehend everything. There was a lot of things that I read. I thought I had comprehend, but it wasn't that way. You know, it was a whole different way than I had comprehend. So they ask me to say everything in the Bible. I can tell you, because of the experience, I have come to see things as more true than I thought they were. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, you got to remember, I was interpreting them according to what I thought it was. And then here I have this experience in heaven and some of those downloads given to me. And I said, oh, that's what that was. You know, that type of mm-hmm. thing, you know. Uh, even when I came back, I really, I'll be honest with you, I didn't think I would find that much in the Bible that was relating to my experience in heaven. And so I, I read the Bible on a regular basis. And I, and I even to this day was like, oh, there it is. You know, and I read it before, but I didn't, you know how you see something a different way? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, all of a sudden you changes. Like, yeah. You, and you say, oh, that's what that really is. You know, that type of thing. So if, if anything, it's, 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 as you said, my perspective changed on a whole lot of things that I read before and thought it was one way or another way, and it wasn't. And and I'm surprised how much of it that I read that it really leads back to love. I, I, I didn't know that much led back to love. You know, I sometimes thought it was scolding or mean or something like that, and all of a sudden I said, oh, there's the love right there, you know? But, you know, I, you know it, it comes from how... You would look at things. What is love? Oh, wow. You know, for me, you know, it's probably the biggest thing around love for me is acceptance. Someone accepting you for who you are. You know, not what they want you to be, not what they hope you would be, but but just who you are. Hmm. When I think about Jesus, if I were to sum up, you know, all of Jesus' teachings in his life in one word. For me, it would be forgiveness. What would yeah. it be for you? You know, that, to me, it would be, uh, <laughs> to me, it would be, you say forgiveness, and to me, it would be what I just told you, accepting me. Acceptance. Yeah, I, I just think what really, what really got me was when I said those words, you did this for me, I was really coming to the realization of how much he, I don't know about you. That was important to me, to be accepted, you know, for who I am, not for who someone thought I was or would be or could be, but who I am. You know, I I believe if I don't do anything for God Almighty right now, even right now, I'm still accepted. I I, I have that freedom. You know, someone says, why do you do it? Because I want every everybody to experience that acceptance. Hmm. I just, that's why I do it. But I don't do it because it's going to get me something, make me look good. Someone's going to like me better, you know, if I don't do it. I tell people I can go and sit in the corner. I'm still accepted. Interesting. Do you you think that God accepts all humans? I believe that God all accepts all humans. It comes down to we accept him. You know, that's again. So no matter how different we are from each other in our beliefs, he's going to accept us no matter what. He's going to accept us. You know, when you say according to our beliefs, I really believe he comes and he says, okay, you may be a little bit off here, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you're right on this issue. And because you're right on this issue, I accept you. You know, it it is, it is a, a, I I don't think we, see, we kind of like, how do I put it? We kind of like sometimes make it really, really um, one way in the sense of narrow for us. You know, how I see it, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, but I believe God will go, Jesus goes to everybody and let them know. And even when we don't know, he lets them know. 
You know, sometimes people say, what about this way? Well, I believe he shows up in that last moment, that last moment. You know, there's even a story in the Bible when he was being crucified. You, you probably know the story. Mm -hmm. And there were two thieves on the cross and one accepted him and one didn't accept him. And the one that accepted him looked at him and said, hey, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And he said, this day you will be with me in paradise. You know, and, and that was that simple. And he didn't, the guy didn't have to come down from the cross and prove everybody that he accepted Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? It, it, but the only one that really needs to know is him. Mm -hmm. I, I try to let people know that over and over, you know, but I, you know, they, they'll have to make their minds up and go their way. I think a lot of times people don't want to accept them because they think if I accept them, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. and I can't do that. And I, we're all going to change sooner or later. There's a lot of things we can't do, you know, when we do something else. So, but he doesn't say you can't do it. Mm -hmm. He just comes along and you lose desire. You know how it is. You lose desire for things. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a, an adversary to God, like Satan, Lucifer, I, Lucifer yeah, Canaanites, I, or whatever, they're, and they're against, you know, the power of God? I believe there were beings that, that had um, been connected to God at one time and chose not to be. Lucifer, uh, I don't say Lucifer, I say Satan, devil. I really call them the enemies of God. That's my term I use. All right. And they are fighting every which way they can in the spiritual realm to, to, uh, stop as many people as possible to be, to accept God for eternity. You know, I don't know why, because I don't, I don't dabble in that area mm -hmm. with, with those spirits or anything like that. But I, I do believe that they probably think they're, they have the truth. You know, in, in, in their, um, belief system, because there's nothing, no way that for them not to think they didn't have the truth or they wouldn't do what they're doing. Do you understand? What I mean, mm -hmm. people only do what they think is, is right because they believe it's right. You know, and even when we think, well, that's wrong, you know, someone else says, I'm right. Someone rips you off and you would say, well, that's wrong. They know it's wrong for them. They're thinking, well, I need what you have. <laughs> you, know? Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and and they say I may go about it in a destructive way, but I need it. Did you understand what I mean? And so I think that's with the demonic world out there that that sometimes would not sometimes what you have is you have beings that believe they are right and they're doing it the right way, and it's very destructive on people. Hmm. <clears throat> Why do you think God created them? Why did God give them free will? I I, I think again it's the is. God is, is he going to give that, that love is the basis mm -hmm. of, of, well, free will is the basis of love. Every being is, as, uh, you know, when I'm talking about has that free will to choose. Choose is, oh man, choosing is, I don't know how to express it, is, is huge, you know, for anything that God has created, you know, and that's as close as I can get to it. Anything after that or anything, Beside that, I can't really tell you, but I can, I do know choice is a bottom line, um, situation for love. How about end yeah. of times? Do you believe there's going to be like in the book of revelations where everything's going to come down to a head and there'll be this final judgment? I believe there's going to be a end of times. I believe that those are going to, those that are, are, there is going to be a judgment, um, in the sense of people, really the people that don't know Christ are going to be judged. I believe the people that do know Christ are already judged. It's mm -hmm. already a done deal. They're not going to be judged again. Some people think that's going to happen. But when I was there, I just remember how he looked at me like I'd never sinned. That means that that judgment that I was supposed to go through has already taken place. And I'm on the other side of the judgment. Mm -hmm. So I tell people a lot of times that there are those that are going to be judged in the sense of that did not um, uh, take hold of that opportunity that they'll have to make that decision. I do believe that. But I don't look at that like most people like, ah, oh, it's a terrible thing. Mm -hmm. I look at it as a great thing. You go to heaven and see if you don't want everybody there. You know what I mean? And be with God forever. I'm not saying <clears throat> you personally. I'm just putting that statement out there. You know, so I want everybody there. You know, this place has issues. You know that. Yeah. All kinds of issues, all kinds of problems, you know. 
And and the biggest one to me is the is uh, death. People only think that all the other issues. No, separation is the biggest one. In in heaven, there's nobody dying. No one's ever going to be separated. Everybody gets along. You understand? They don't just love each other. They like each other too. You know what I mean? So I always tell people, you want to have a good marriage? Find someone you like too, you know, like and love because I like my wife and I love my wife. I like being with her. I like going places with her. You know what I mean? All kinds of things like that. But the reality of it is I love her, but I like her. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so in heaven, everybody likes each other. Mm-hmm. I, when my family came to greet me in, I always tell them, you know, they had a big smile, they had pure joy, and they shiny. And I always tell them Jesus was shining out of them. That's why they were shiny. Uh, they had pure joy, you know. Uh, it, it's like, you know, us that have had children, and we hold that baby in our arms for the first time. We have so much joy. Mm-hmm. And then that big old smile on their face. And, and I say the reason they have a big old smile because they have no worries. And then I said, you know you in heaven when your entire family is smiling at the same time and getting along. (laughs) Does Jesus care if you're Methodist, Protestant, or Catholic? No, not at all. That does not make a difference. Baptist, none of it. You know, Mm -hmm. if you have a connection with him, a relationship with him, it doesn't make a difference. None of that exists there. You know that. None of it exists there. None. Now, we make those the decisions down here on the planet. The good thing about my uh, story is because of uh, the solidness of the um, death and the, uh, what do you want to call it, the documentation, I go to all of them. Mm-hmm. I've been to all those groups all over the United States. You know, one of the saddest things, though, about it, let's say I go to Springfield, Massachusetts, and I or Springfield, not Massachusetts, Springfield, uh, Missouri the capital of Missouri, and I do a church down there of a denomination. Well, the other churches figure because I was in that denomination in that church, <laughs> then they don't want me to come to their church. You know what I mean? It's but terrible. I can go and do a, a Nazarene church mm-hmm. in, in, in uh, Oregon, and then all of a sudden, it's like, man, you know, it's just, I don't know what it is. Those are people. I, I, don't, I don't get on them because they're people, mm-hmm. and people do things on the planet. You know, but the reality of it is, it just gets me sometimes. One group over here accept me and, 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 and have me do things. I go to another place. That same group, if I go to a different church, they don't accept me in that church. Yeah. It's, it's I bet I've been to, uh, I can say I've been to all the groups out there that I know of, plus a lot of groups I never knew of, mm-hmm. except for, um, I have never been to Mennonites. I can tell people that. Okay. But if you can, you can say all the other groups, uh, I've been there. And it's ironic that I haven't been to Mennonites because I've been to the Amish. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty Amish, close to the same. I know. <laughs> you know, if yet you, you would have Mennonites here, you have Amish right here. You know, that mm-hmm. type of thing. But for, for whatever reason, the, the, the uh, Mennonites have never asked me to come. But I've been, you name it, I've been to groups I didn't even know were denominations. Hmm. You know, so. Is there any specific denomination that that has welcomed you the most? No, 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 there hasn't. I, 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 you know, no, I, there, because I've developed friendships like up here in Whitehall mm-hmm. area, I got friends up here. So I'll, I'll go to the first Baptist here, you know, uh, uh, quite often because I got friends there now, you know, but it's not because I'm going just to the Baptist. Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're my friends. Um, you know, if I go to, like I said, Oregon, and if I go to the, um, uh, Tillamook area over in Oregon, the Church of Nazarene will accept me there. You know, and why? Because they're my friends now. Yeah. I've gone to a number, the Assembly of God, I, I've gone to a number of places where I've developed the relationships, and because of that, <coughs> they'll ask me to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the non-denominational, uh, our, our, um, denominational churches. So, so, I even groups. I mean, it's so many things. I, I'm telling you, there are so many groups out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there so, are. You know, and I've developed a, a relationship with most of them. You know, so it's it just 
I just shake my head because there's so many groups. Hmm. So what is it you think about it is about your experience and your message that's going to reach people to help them make that decision to accept Jesus and go to heaven? Well, one of the things I try to really express, probably above all the things, is the, the, the dying experience and what it was like, you know, and how I felt and how much joy I had when I knew I was leaving my body and, and as I say, going home. You know, I tried to really express that to people. You know, the second thing I probably expressed, as I expressed over here over and over, he just wants you. You know, people work so hard to do the things and this thing and that thing. And I just want to say, he just wants you. That's all I say to people in a very kind way. Um, not because I'm trying to manipulate them or, or convince them right. You know, I always say it doesn't matter if I'm right. You know, if you have that connection with God, if you have that connection with Jesus, you go any way. It's not on my voice. It's not on my belief system. So I try to take myself out of the picture and make sure they know it's between them. Uh, the one thing about the Amish, I love it. When I go down and minister to them, they say, uh, we like to hear from that man that died and went to heaven. And I think, they don't, I think they don't even remember my name. And I'm so glad because I always say my name don't get you in. Jesus does. <laughs> That's great. So <clears throat> I want to thank you a lot for coming on yeah. today. This was a fantastic conversation. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate you. Ah, anytime. You're welcome back anytime. And um, just uh, give it, where for my, where's the best place for my listeners to find you and to find your books? Well, it, I, they can go by, by my name, DeanBraxton.com. It's that way, D-E-A-N-B-R-A-X-T-O-N dot C-O-M. Okay. And I'll put a link to that in the notes of this episode. So my listeners can find you, check out your website, and buy your books. Yeah. And they can see the schedule where I'm going to be because I travel all over the place. I'm mostly booked out already for 2023 mm -hmm. and working on really 2024. Not trying to get too far out there, but <laughs> but people ask. And, and so, you know, it's hard to turn people down, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm one of those people that don't really require the, the finances like most people do. Mm -hmm. I don't stop people from giving just like you don't, you know, people donating to you. Um, but I'm not a requirement guy. Like, you got to do this for me. You got to do that for me. You better have this in there. You know, um, I'm blessed enough to be able to um, support myself um, because the other people do give, to mm -hmm. be honest. And so we go, we go anywhere a person wants us to go if we have the time. That's how I tell people. If there's only 10 people there, two people there, I'm go. Mm -hmm. It's not about the number. You know, I really believe that I was sent back and God knew each and every person I was going to come in contact with. This conversation I'm having with you, to me, this is what was supposed to happen. You know, and so I, it, you know, you think, yeah, thank you. But I'm thinking it's supposed to happen. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And he knew it, you know. Awesome. All right, so I'll put that link in the notes of this episode. It's been a pleasure having you. Well, and thank you. Just hang on for one moment while I play the outro. <clears throat> thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com. Message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Also buy the book Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon and it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says was first imagined. If you loved what you listened to today, don't forget to rate, 
review, subscribe, and share. Again, thank you for listening to Everything Imagined.